Southside Rabbi, we're gonna do things a little bit different today. Kind of have a, a conversation. I'm in album mode, as you can see. Oh, yeah. They say that the, the, the rougher the man, the stronger the songs, okay? <laughs> We're just gonna have a moment of kind of transparency, kind of mm -hmm. wrestle through things a little bit, and mm -hmm. and uh, we'll just see kind of where the conversation takes us. Yeah. I just wanna also say real quick, thank you so much to our supporters, our patrons. If you have not become a patron, we encourage you to join the community. But those who are listening to us regularly, we are overwhelmed with gratitude Thank you for your support, helping to be one of the many voices that God uses in your life to shape you for his kingdom is among our greatest rewards in this life. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of that. Let's get it. One of the things that, that scare me Come on, I mean. about the book of Job is that all of his friends thought in their heart of hearts that they were right. Doing, uh, trying to serve that man. And they, and they were speaking with conviction, and they clearly thought that God was on their side. Well, they had theologically sound Bro, arguments. Their arguments and stuff that they said about God were also true. Ah! That's another thing. So they were, when I was, I was like ministered to by some of the stuff they said when he was like, God, if you, if you turn from your sin, God will forgive you. Yes. They talked about God's justice, how he is a just God. He, he gives justice to the oppressed. He gives justice to the poor. Everything that they were saying about God was true. It was all facts. Yes. Everything was factual and they were wrong. Dog. Absolutely wrong. That is scary. And, and I'm Yo, thinking about my geysers. Elihu who says... This man, Elihu, in chapter 32, bro. This man starts off the chapter and basically says, look, I have been silent. I'm a young man. And out of respect for the older, I have let everybody speak and I haven't said anything, but now I'm going to say something. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because the author says three, like three different times before Elihu starts talking how upset he is. Like it just says that he's mad. So these three men cease to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Yes. Right? Then Elihu, the son of Barakel, the, uh, the Buzite of the family of Ram, burned with anger. One, he burned with anger at Job because he justified himself rather than God. He burned with anger also at Job's three friends because they had found no answer, although they had declared Job to be in the wrong. Now Elihu had waited to speak to Job because they were older than he. And when Elihu saw that there was no answer... In the mouth of these three men, he burned with anger. It's four times the author said Elihu's burned with anger. In this short amount, he's telling you he's mad. Yeah, yeah, he's pissed. Yeah, and yeah. then Elihu goes on for five chapters straight talking to Job. Five chapters straight. Okay. I'm still reading through the chapters. But he starts out and he says, he says, it says, in the, And Elihu, the son of Barakel, the Buzai, answered and said, I am young in years and you are aged. Therefore, I was timid and afraid to declare my opinion to you. I said, let days speak and many years teach wisdom. But it is the spirit in man, the breath of the almighty. This is the breath of the almighty that makes him understand. It is not the old who are wise, nor the aged who, are under, who understand what is right. Ooh. That's also true. He's basically saying like, you're, just because you're old does mean not mean you're, you're wise. Yes. Then he says, therefore, I say, but again, he's wrong, but that's he's saying Paul, stuff yeah, that's, that's true. Right, Paul Washer said that uh, one time, that fools live a long time. That's, that's very yeah, true, yeah, yeah. right? So he said, therefore, I say, listen to me and let me declare my opinion. So now I'm about to tell you what I think. 
Behold, I waited for your words. I listened for your wise sayings while you searched out what to say. I gave you my attention, and behold, there was none among you who refuted Job or answered his words. Beware, lest you say, we have found wisdom. God may vanquish him, not a man. He has not directed his words against me, and I will not answer him with your speeches. They are dismayed. They answer no more. They have not a word to say. And shall I wait because they do not speak? Because they stand there and, no, and answer no more? He said, I also will answer with my share. I also will declare my opinion. This is the second time he said, I'm going to declare my opinion. For I am full of words. The spirit within me constrains me. Behold, my belly is like wine that has no vent, like new wineskins ready to burst. I must speak that I may find relief. I must open my lips and answer. I will show no partiality to any man or use flattery towards any person, for I do not know how to flatter, else my maker would soon take me away. So he's saying to them, I am so full of, I am, I am about to burst with words. I got to let this out, yeah, He yeah. literally says, I must speak that I may find relief, yes. which is another thing that makes me think about that maybe you should not be talking. This is more maybe about you wanting to just get it out. That's right, that's right, that's right. You, you shouldn't even But he does it. qualify it, though, by yes. saying that, but what I'm about to say, right. I'm saying it in the fear of the Lord, it's, meaning that right. meaning that this is not flattering right. per se. It, it, per right, se, right, right, right. right. It's right. not flattery per se. Then he says, but now hear my speech, O Job, and listen to my words. Behold, I open my mouth, the tongue of my mouth speaks. My words declare the uprightness of my heart, and what my lips know, they speak sincerely. That's what he says. So he's talking to Job, basically saying... My heart is in the right place with what I'm about to say right yes, now. My, yes, my yes, heart yes. is in the right place, yes. and I am speaking out of a sincere place. And I believe him. I don't think that he's lying. Yes. But he's freaking wrong. Yes, 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 this, yes, is, yes. this is why it's scary. This yes. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can really have conviction. You can feel like this is the right thing to do. Right. This is the right thing to say. Right. I must speak. I must. Uh, you can have all of the conviction. Right, 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 right. Everything with you. And then, this, and then he says... Um, my words declare the uprightness of my heart. This is Job 33. And what my lips know, they speak sincerely. I love this, this, how he words this. The spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. He says this, answer me if you can. Set your words in order before me. Take your stand. Behold, I am toward God as you are. I too was pitched off from a piece of clay. I love how he says that. I too am, am but clay as well. I, yep, I, I too was pinched off from a piece of clay, right? So basically, I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. We're both clay, man. Behold, no fear of me need terrify you. My pressure will not be heavy upon you. Surely you have spoken in my ears and I have heard the sound of your words. You say I am pure without transgression. I am clean and there is no iniquity in me. Behold, he finds occasion against me. He counts me as his enemy. He puts my feet in the stocks and watches all my past. Behold, in this you are not right, right? I, which he is, and, and, and Elihu is wrong. He's wrong, bro. Yeah. But he has all of the conviction. He feels with all his heart that he's telling the truth, bro, and that God is on his side, dog. Yeah. Behold, in this you are not right. I will answer you, for God is greater than man. Why do you contend against him, saying he will answer none of man's words? For God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on man, while they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of man and terrifies them with warnings that he may turn aside from his deed and conceal pride from a man. He keeps back his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. Man is also rebuked with pain on his bed and with continual strife in his bones so that his life loaves bread and his appetite 
the choice is food. He's just telling Job, like, everything that's happening to you, bro, is because you did something, bro. That's right, that's right. Right? That's, His, that, that's the only explanation. Yeah, yeah, that's it. His flesh is so wasted away that it cannot be seen, and his bones that were not uh, seen stick out. His soul draws near the pit, and his life to those who bring death. If there be for him an angel, a mediator, one of a thousand, to declare to man what is right for him, and he is merciful to him and says, Deliver me from going down into the pit. I have found a ransom. Let his flesh become fresh with you. Let him, let him return to the days of his youth, full vigor. Then a man prays to God, and he accepts him. Here's you talking about repentance. He sees his faith with, with a shout of joy, and he restores to man his righteousness. He sings before men and says, I sinned and perverted what was right, and it was not repaid to me. He has redeemed my soul from going down into the pit, and my life shall not look upon the light. Behold, God does all these things twice, three times with the man to bring back his soul from the pit, that he may be lighted with the light of life. Pay attention, O Job. Listen to me. Be silent, and I will speak. If you have any words, answer me. Speak. For I desire to justify you. If not, listen to me, be silent, and I will teach you wisdom. There's the arrogance, too. The young arrogance. I'm going to teach you wisdom, Joe. Yes, 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 right? yes. So, I mean, I'm still reading through, and as you see, 34, he still goes on. 35, he still goes on. 36, he still goes on. 37, he still goes on. Then the Lord answers Job in 38, right? They basically were saying, hey, nobody suffers the way that you suffered unless they did something wrong. Job gives a great argument in two of, his, in two of the chapters when he, he actually goes on this, this, this uh, rant about how the wicked are prospering in the world. Right, right, and he's right, basically right. saying to them, if what y'all were saying was true, the wicked would not be prospering, y'all, right? right? Like, right. The, hey, y'all, and he, I love how Job tells them, y'all know that this is true. Y'all are looking at the wicked and they prosper. So what you guys are saying about God's judgment only coming upon a man like this if they are wicked, right? It means, like, if this judgment is coming upon them, it must mean they sin. That can't be 100% true the way that you think it is because look at all these wicked men that we know that are not suffering at all in this right. world. So, so I think that Job is like, it's crazy, man. Like, to but me, the, the, just, there, go ahead. There is also the... Also, the condensing all of God's presence, blessing, and favor right. to visible signs of success. Oh, that's really good. Yes, that's what they. That's what they were doing. Even Elihu's is showing his distortion of how the world works in verse thir in six, mm -hmm. chapter thirty-six. He does not keep the wicked alive, but gives the afflicted their right. He does not withdraw his eye from the righteous, but with the kings, with, with kings on the throne, he sets them forever, and they are exalted. And if they are bound in chains and caught in the cords of affliction, then declares to them their work and their transgressions that they are behaving arrogantly. Right. So that's how it works. And, that, yep, and that's wrong. You're a king and everything's going good, then God is with you. Yep. And even the wicked. Yeah, you say that wicked prosper, but no, not really. He won't keep them alive. Right. Wicked, wicked people live for a long time, too. Wicked people kill it for a long time, too. That's so true, man. You're also revising the way the world works. Right, right. Into, into neat categories yep. in which the, the righteous are always... Safe and safe good. Safe and, and, and yep. prosperous. Yep. And the wicked are not. Yep. Which I think... And that's why Job is going in in this chapter. He was like, y'all, he was basically like, y'all know that this is not how it works. That's why Job gives all of the, the, these examples of reality. If somebody is doing something that is wrong, like, like they're sitting against right. a person right. or against the church, right. something like that, and people may come around that person and rightly warn them. And right, say, right, right. Hey, you're messing with God's people, bro. You're, mm -hmm. mess, you're messing with God's anointed. Like, this isn't safe for you to do. Mm -hmm. The next sentence is. Typically, God could ruin your business. He could hurt your marriage, allow your, your marriage to fall apart. Someone could die in your family. Right, right. Um, 
you 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 could you know lose some kind of reputation and know a right. The, the visible signs of judgment is how we talk about that. Mm-hmm. Even in, you know, how we might warn somebody they're making a bad decision right, huh? that is not honoring to God. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, if I say a dark cloud might be on your life, I'm talking about the visible signs of judgment. Right. But what, what I've, I've literally been thinking about this all week. Mm-hmm. Visible signs of judgment we know theologically is uh, very hard to discern if it's judgment or not. So the visible signs of, of, uh, of distress or visible signs of difficulty or suffering, it's not easy to weigh them as where God's heart is in the situation. We'll look at Job's situation. And blessings work the same way. Right. Exactly. They work work both ways. Right, right, right. But... That kind of theology runs deep in all of us. Yeah. For the first time really in my life, I've thought about that more deeply in my own life. Right. Where it start to lay, where you start thinking about it like, like, you know, you woke up in the morning and you woke up late and you missed your flight. Right. You were supposed to be somewhere to do this ministry thing. Is God saying that he's pulling you out of ministry? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right, or right. or uh, something happens with, um, I don't know, a, a deal doesn't go the way that you want. Or, or if it does go the way that you want, well, is that just mercy? Because really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it gets... Part of what I've, I'm feeling as we're thinking through what his friends mean to him. Right. That they are, they are saying what they're saying in the fear of God. They are saying things that are absolutely true. Yes. They are also speaking but from a place of conviction it. and righteous living. Absolutely. These are spiritual people. Yes. These are people that have committed yes. their life these to God. Are not, They've been walking with these God. These are not the wicked. However, they are way off. Way off. And they believe with all their heart that they are not. They are not. But is that also saying, is there something about this situation that's saying that, tr- that when you go, when you, when you try to perform the task of, ju- of judging fruit and then determining whether or not mm-hmm. God is in something or not, mm-hmm. that you got to hold a lot of tension that we may be way wrong, bro. Job demonstrates that for he, us. He demonstrates but it. Then what are we saying then? Yeah. What are we warning people about, bro? Mm-hmm. What are we warning? Yeah. God may have you lose your job for your good. Right. Yep. It's, 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 yeah. One if you lost things, your job at Imran, bro, a year before everything hit the fan. That's true. It might, it, it, it might have seemed like at the time, like, dang. But then a year later, Imran goes down. You will be, man, you will be singing, sending God thank yes, you gifts every abs- day. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you for taking that job. Right. <laughs> I, it's crazy, too, because it makes me think about how do we know, like you just said, it may, and when I read this, I'm like, God, how do we make sure that we are not Job's friends, though? Yes. How do we know? Because they were not, it doesn't seem like anything in this passage, like you said, it's not that they, they were not the wicked. They were not they the were wicked. They were not coming. I don't, I, they wicked. had been in their prayer closets. Yeah. You, they were doing their devotionals. They, the stuff they were, they knew, yes. They knew what, yeah. they knew about the character of God. Yes. The stuff they, like, if you pick up what they can say. I, can I say one more thing no, too, Meezy? The things they knew about the character of God, they knew exclusively from experiencing God, right. from walking with God, because they did not have a canon. Yeah. If historians are right, this is one of the earliest books that we have. Oh, that's good. Yeah, this I didn't even think proceed, about it from that this, context. This book precedes the Pentateuch. Yeah, I didn't even think about it from that context. So there, he, Job isn't looking at Israel. Yep. Job isn't looking at Red Seas. Neither is his friends. Neither is his friends. They just walk with God. Yep. yep. These are Enoch kind of people. Yep. Yep. And that still did not make them safe 
from completely missing, completely missing what it. God was you doing. You can literally say all the right things and have all the right beliefs and be misapplying it. Yeah. That's and, and and that's what it made that's what made me like think about it. Like if you pick up what a lot of their friends said and just place it outside of the context of Job, you would be like, Oh, this is all true. Right. This is all good. Yes. Like you would be like, Man, this is besides some of the stuff that they may say about maybe like the immediate judgment of of the wicked and stuff like that, that cause it's not always immediate. But a lot of the stuff that they said, I was like, yo, I mean you're like, yo, this is really good. This is true. God's justice, God's forgiveness, God's character, God um uh his grace, his mercy, his the way he restores those who repent. It was all facts. Right, 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 right. Because right. I, I remember I put I put that out on Twitter, like, yo, Job's friends were everything that they were saying was right, but they said it in the wrong context and they misapplied it or right. whatever. And somebody told me, well, somebody like answered and was like, How could you say that Job's friends that what they said was right? Like you're saying that they were wrong, but they said the right thing. How is that possible? I said, and they were just kind of challenging that Job's friends sure. were not saying were not saying true things about God. And I and I I literally quoted quoted. Some of the things that Job's friend said, and I said, "Hey, is this not true yes, about yes, God?" Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I said, "Wouldn't Scripture everywhere else confirm that this is true about God?" And, right. and it was like, "Yeah, it would." And right. I'm like, "This is what Job's friends were saying about right, God. Right, like, right, right, they right. were saying true things, right?" And it makes and, and and as you see with Elihu, of course, he's like my the, the spirit, like my spirit inside me constrains me. I'm gonna, I, I have to say this. I'm, uh, uh, my words will prove the uprightness of my heart and my sincerity. They are sincere. They believe that their heart is upright, and you can tell by the way that they're speaking with conviction. They believe that God is with them. Now, people can make the the assessment that they're, that it's full of self righteousness, which right. we we could see that. Right. At the same time, though, what they're saying is just true about right, God, right, 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 right. but they are misapplying it to Job's situation because they are saying this all in the context of believing that Job is sinning against God, right. and this is why this is happening, and now they're taking all of these true things about God out of their backpack, placing it on top of Job, and they are totally missing yes. where they should be applying all uh -huh. of this knowledge yeah, about yeah. God. Yes, sir. They're misapplying it. Yep. And it makes you think, how do I make sure that I'm not doing that to other people? Yes, 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 yes. Or yeah. my own life. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and so it, it, I feel like when we, people talk about Job, they don't talk about that. Yeah, they, they We no, talk about sure. the suffering. We talk about, you know, um, you're, you're what God from is doing behind, behind the, the scenes. scenes. Yeah, right. Yeah. But we're not talking about what does it mean that all of Job's friends were full of conviction, sincerity, believe that God, literally when you read the stuff they say, you can tell like God is having me speak. Like God has sent me to rebuke you. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm doing this for your good. We want to see you restored. We don't want to see you suffer like this. We don't want to see, we want to see you turn away from God. We're going to sit with you. We're going to go through the difficult process of saying hard things to you because we want to see you repent. And it's like, you're saying all of these things, to, all of these things to this man and you're totally, totally wrong, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You could be saying all of the right things in the wrong context. Mm. And so that's scary to me. That is scary to me, bro. I'm, 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 I'm even trying. Because, like you said, these are not wicked men. Because usually, when we think about this, we always think about it like, oh, of course, this is self righteous, or this, this is the wicked, or this is the. That's not the. That's not. That's kind of not even how the author paints Job's friends. Sure, yeah, he yeah. doesn't even paint well, Job's we, friends. We as describe like, Job's friends as horrible. Right. Say, Man, these terrible friends he had. Right. Well. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. When you really think about it, they but were, if you sit with them, they sound like 
how you would sound. They sound like they're dedicated to the holiness yes. and the glory of God. Yes. That's what they sound like. Yes, and they're yes, dedicated yes. to holy living, righteousness. Yes. And they think that their friend is not living in righteousness and right. they're rebuking him like you would want your friends to do if you weren't. Yes, 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 the yes. Fact, but the, far, the, the part is, is that they misjudge what is actually Yeah, yeah no, no, you're right. And their and their and their entire misjudgment came off the off of what they believed about what they were seeing. Mm. The reason that they misjudged was like you said earlier, because they believed that Job must be out of right standing with God because he's suffering. So yeah. that's where they have their theology wrong. Right. Like you said, that they believe that suffering means you're out of step with God. Right. If you're in step with God, it's prosperity. Right. Right. So because Job is suffering so bad, there's no way that he's going through all of this suffering. Right. And it's not judgment. That's right. what they're thinking. Right, 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 right. And so that's where they're off. They're off. That's where their theology is off. Yes. The, and that's driving everything that they're doing. Right. That they're believing that suffering, that suffering equals you're out of step with God. Blessings equal you're in step but with you God. You are in step with God. And we know that that's not true, of course, based upon the scriptures in general, like a sure. whole biblical theology of that shows us that that's not true. Sure, sure. But in, in, their, in the moment for them, they're looking at it like that. And Job is, like I said, wonderfully gives them this treatise about how y'all know that this is not true because of the freaking metaphysical realities of what's around you. We see wicked people prospering all the time. That's yeah, what he's yeah, telling yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's an example. Here's an example. Here's an example. Right, Here's an example. Right, Here's right, an example. Right. Here's an example. He's telling them like, y'all's theology is jacked up. Y'all know that this is not true. Right. What about all of the, you know it. Right. King Block, uh, uh, Rick down the street, Yes. Hates God. That's right. And this man has uh, eight hundred cows and five hundred. Like, come yes. on, y'all, y'all yeah, yeah, yeah. know that this is what y'all are saying is not true. The premise, the 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 premise that y'all have is not true. And right. reality shows y'all this. Right, right, and right. for some reason, y'all still want to hold on to it. This is good, bro. Because again, this has become a recent thing for me uh -huh. as I've become more introspective. I've heard people talk about them basically trying to assign meaning to every single uh, event that occurs in their life. I'm thinking about a, a friend of mine uh, who, even when things go well for him, he's still bristling for the suffering. Mm -hmm. So he, he, mm -hmm. he sees blessing as an interruption, yeah. as an aberration for the regular stream of suffering that is allotted to him in his life because of maybe something he did when he was in the streets. Right. Maybe because of the fact that he's just not obedient as he should. Mm -hmm. Maybe he missed reading his Bible. Maybe he thought something he shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have thought. Right. He's constantly seeing these emanations of God's judgment in his life and then assigning God's displeasure. Right. So even when you hear stuff about the gospel and God looking on us and being pleased with us because of Jesus, that he is... Not, you know, jumping at you all day long and that he, he isn't constantly, you know, texting an angel SMH with right, a picture right, of you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But he loves you. All of that stuff, you, you think about it like, yeah, okay, I, I hear you. But that's not what I'm experiencing in my life. I don't, I don't feel like I'm experiencing God's approval in my life. Mm -hmm. So as I have, like I said here recently, been thinking about that um, in ways I hadn't thought about before. Where should one map how God feels about them in their life? Right. So wh wh where do I map, you know, because typically we're mapping it onto 
well, let me just look at the horizon. Mm-hmm. What are the kinds of things? What are the events that are happening or not happening? Right. It's so, and it's which so, is hard to discern, and it's hard not to, right? Yeah. Because all we it's have tempting. is this life, though. Yes. Like, I mean, not not all we have in this. Of course, we know there's another life, but I'm saying we are living. Our reality is here on this. It's terrestrial, earth. bro. Right. It's, it's terrestrial. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's terrestrial, so it's hard not to think about how does God view me based upon what is actually happening in the. The, the the terrestrial reality Have, of my life. Perhaps it's the biggest temptation that we face in this it's life. It's hard. Is to completely interpret the heart of the invisible by the visible. Via the visible. Because we because we don't know. We I mean, so I can oh and I can hear right now all of all of our folks saying, well, you know how God feels by looking to what he says in his word, right? Yes, yes, and yes. And I'm yes, like, yes. absolutely. That's right, right, true. Right, That's right. what that is what's supposed to reassure us about how God feels. But I get it because I, I feel like for me, if I could be transparent, I live in that place where I'm always like, man, I, I usually if, if, if there's a spectrum and on the right side of the spectrum, it's like God loves me and is pleased with me. And the left side of the spectrum is God hates me and is displeased with me. I live in the middle a little to the left. Yes, yes, That's yes, where yes. I live my life, honestly. Yeah, 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 for sure. When good things happen to me, I always say... Is this judgment that this good thing is happening to me? Because, you know, good That's things right. can be judgment, too. We also see that in Get scripture. Get a million dollar check. Wait Hold a minute. minute. Hold on. I don't know if God is doing this. What y'all trying to do with this? Right. Hold on now. What, what, what Y'all trying to set me up? <laughs> um, and so I'm always having to try to con- like convince myself that God does love me. That's where I live at. I, right. I, I, I kind of always move in the in the space where I feel like I'm just not doing well enough. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and like judgment is right around the corner. Sure. Like, and, and I feel like I'm a generally anxious person though too. So it could be a little bit of that seeping into it. Right. But, um, I think real quick, just to that point, the way that Diane, our our therapist Mm -hmm. has put it is, I think she put it this way. I might've got it from somebody else, but we're constantly dress rehearsing. Yeah. You're dress rehearsing for tra- tragedy. Yep. So mm-hmm. even though I'm not even living in tragedy, and this is literally- I do it. That's where I live my absorbing life. Absorbing all of the joy out of the moment. Absolutely. I cannot be here yeah. right now because I have to keep practicing for when this is all taken from me. That's exactly how Ooh. I live my life that way. When she said that to me, she said that to me because after I told her how I was feeling, she was like, you dress rehearse for tragedy all the time. <sighs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah. I live my life dress rehearsal for tragedy yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like I just do. Like I, I it, it is hard for me to enjoy good moments because I'm always thinking about man. I know that my, I know that we going up on this roller coaster, but this mug is eventually going to drop yeah, somewhere. Everything you know that saying? goes yeah. up, yeah. to come down. down. <laughs> and so I'm always embracing for the drop, and that allows, and then I can't enjoy the the, the ascent, the right? Ascent. Yeah. And then the view, right? Yeah. And so, um, but it is hard to think like it's like i know i can hear all of the theologians and christian living folks now saying no if you don't feel it look to what the word says yes and i'm like i agree i agree that but it's hard when you don't feel like that because your feelings are involved with the rest of your body (laughs) mind and soul right it's not like your feelings exist as an accessory to right. the real stuff that's going around. <laughs> Fam, the feel, your feelings are addressed all throughout the scripture. That's true. You think that joy is supposed to be a, a mental exercise? <laughs> or courage, for right, example. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's in there with other feelings like fear, and timidity, doubt, stuff like that. But is it all in your brain, bro? This is happening in your soul. And the soul is far more complicated 
then, I mean, this is why it does us good to study folks like Dallas Willard, mm-hmm. who's a basically a Christian scholarly psychologist, bro. Mm-hmm. Psychology is, tip, is, is essential. It's what the word means. The study of the soul, bro. Right. Because there's a lot happening in there, bro. It's nuance. It's nuance. There's things that don't make sense. And it, but at the end of the day, your soul drives everything else, man. Mm-hmm. And God is trying to always impact through his word, through now, and even when we think about obedience, when I when rejoice in the Lord, uh, I say always rejoice, which is a command. Mm-hmm. The act of opening your mouth and shouting for joy in the midst of trial. It's often coming out of a very empty emotional state. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that's you true. don't got to tell me to be joyful if I'm already feeling it. It's gonna happen. Exactly, that's true. It yep. isn't like oh shoot, I just got to say it out loud. Yeah. No, I'm saying it out Sometimes loud. Sometimes you're having to coach your soul to be joyful. And when you do that, you are coaching your soul. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I have not wanted to go to church. I, I maybe half the time mm-hmm. don't feel as inspired to go to church as I do perhaps doing other. Christian stuff like coming to do this podcast or, or perhaps, you know, going to uh, kick it with some dudes and some. No, but sitting underneath the word drives all of that stuff. Amen. It drives everything else in my, in my life. I have on many occasions not wanted to go to church, but I have never been mad that I went. In fact, I've always been glad that I went, bro. Right. Always. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one time where I was like, man, I was right. This carnality that I was feeling in the morning about staying at home. I should have just did that much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. That's true. I've never felt that either. Yeah, bro. Like, because this is what obedience is still an act to stir the feelings, bro. That the, the, the obedience that we are. It's, a, it's discipline. It's a discipline. It's spiritual the discipline. discipline. The spiritual discipline is still not disembodied from your feelings. It's bringing your feelings along. Now, your mind also does affect your feelings. You know, all the kind of stuff that's happening in your brain about what's going on in, w- with you and stuff like that, uh, what's going to happen, worrying about tomorrow, all that stuff means that there is some mental, ment- mental disciplines required. Right. But sometimes the mind is not a good place, bro. It's not always the best place to stir the heart. Mm-hmm. It's the mind in partnership with the hand mm-hmm. and the feet, mm-hmm. the hand that serves and the feet that rush to obey, that then gets to the heart. But I'm just saying, bro, at the end of the day, the destination for all this effort is that our hearts would be on fire for what God says is good, what, what God says is right, what God, what, what properly reflects his character through what we know in scripture. It's not passing our feelings. Mm-hmm. It's, wanting to enrapture our feelings in what where where God is and what God is doing and I think it is often a a kind of like seen as almost as a junior as Ruslan says junior varsity Christianity if you think talking about your feelings or being honest about your feelings is a part of the Christian life the, the, the Christian life for I, especially I think about coming up in reform culture. I know we beat up on reform culture a lot, but I'm just being honest with you. I, I, I don't know anything else. It's beat up on us. In. Uh, and that <laughs> mug is beat up on me. <laughs> like like the, the, the highest level of Christianity is to ignore how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. That's the highest level. Yeah. And, and how you're feeling is just a target for denial, bro. Deny that. that when we talk about denying your flesh, we're talking about denying your... Your, your mental health, 
denying what is happening in your heart as if there's nothing in what's going on in your mental health, your emotions, your anxiety, your depression, your feelings or the lack thereof that can tell you about your spiritual state. Right. That can tell you about what's going on in your mind. That can tell you about your relationship with God. That there's no data in how you feel. Mm -hmm. Just get rid of it. And then what we end up doing is because the feelings, the seat of our feelings are a powerful force for good and evil in our lives, bro. Our injuries, bro, emotional injuries, bro, spiritual in injuries, relational injuries are often happening in that part of our body. Right. And to continue to play on a wounded, a torn AC, emotional ACL. I'm continuing to, to work out, continue to fight, continue to exert physical strength with this torn spiritual ACL, not stopping, not pausing, not going to get some help, not confessing. I'm going to just keep pushing through like it doesn't happen, bro, is a setup for disaster. And have we not seen that? Yeah. Have we not seen that, bro? Yeah. Uh-huh. Cats absolutely lose it, bro. And, I've, and also, too, bro, I know we, this is kind of shifting into something else, but we can bring it back to Joe. But I'm also thinking in terms of the two ways in which I see the, the denial of how we are feeling and focusing, focusing on getting God, getting the spirit, getting gospel on that feeling or where we are emotionally, that kind of thing. There's two, two kind of ways that I see individuals go if they're high functioning. Now, if you're not a high functioning person, like if, if you wear your heart on your shoulder and that mug is broken, then we all know it, and, right. and there's no you, you. You're not even interested in trying to. You're not even interested in trying to to put a mask on and act like this isn't like you're okay. Right. I appreciate those kinds of people. Yeah. We are annoyed by those kind of people. We see those kind of people as weak, as as unspiritual, undisciplined. I am blessed, to be honest with you, bro, I literally am blessed by individuals where I know what's going on with you because I'm ministered to by knowing people. Right. I'm, I, I like being known. I like knowing folks. But the two ways that I see people go in terms that where they are high functioning are just masters at ignoring what is going on in their hearts and their souls, which is often dem demonstrated by what they're feeling, their pathos. One is... They just keep moving forward. They cover it up and they're high functioning. They, they show up for all the preaching. They show up for all the meetings. They, they, they say the right things. They, if somebody has injured them deeply, they won't say it. They'll just act like they don't care, like they're apathetic about it. They'll just continue to get better at the facade until it blows up on them. And that's when you, you get the phone call, such and such has literally lost their mind or such and such was secretly doing blah, 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 blah. And it got worse and worse over the years and then boom, it's here. It, it ends in disaster. The other thing that I see happen, which I think is more common and I honestly feel like is, if I can be transparent too, the biggest threat for my life is that you'll just continue to, you, you, you will slowly but surely lose your effectiveness in this world, bro. Mm. You'll become a less effective father. You'll become a less effective husband. All of the, the, the burdens that you had and all of the opportunities that you had to even execute those burdens, uh, you'll begin to lose capacity for it. Mm -hmm. You're turning down more things. You are recusing yourself more. You're losing all the energy that you 
once had mm-hmm. to do the things that God has called you to do mm-hmm. until the devil has got you to a place where you are completely neutralized, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you will be thinking about what was and what could have been, but you are nowhere in the place to carry out any of that, bro. Right. Because you gave yourself to faking the funk mm-hmm. and not dealing with the deep the deep rooted wounds in your in your body and 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 the episode that we did on um burnout mm-hmm. which was one of my favorite episodes right. we didn't get to go deep in what that pastor shared and I wish we could have one of the things that that pastor shared was he said let me let me help y'all understand kind of what it means to me what it means for me to be a pastor at this church I go to more funerals than probably anyone that you've ever known, certainly more than you, um, perhaps more than anybody that I know outside of pastor friends I have, because I'm doing the funerals. People come into this church, they die tragic deaths, sudden deaths, um, or any kind of death. All death is awful. They were my friends. They were my, my, my co-laborers. They were... They were individuals that I had in my house. I've been in their house. Many of them, I watched them suffer all the way up to the point of walking into eternity. And then I have to bury them. And when I bury them, I can't show up. And I, I am not helping the family if I show up in the pulpit. Distraught. Distraught in the mess, tears, you know, soaking my beard and can barely get a sentence out saying things I shouldn't say. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've had that conversation in around death one time. I'm thinking about death, a family, family member death where it was like, listen, some people in our family right now that are really, really, they're trying to hop in the grave. They are so mm-hmm. distraught. You can't bring this energy here, bro. You can't, you can't bring all your aughts here. You can't, you can't show up at the funeral saying, you know what? And another thing, you never showed her, blah, blah, All that, you can't, you can't do it. The Bible talks about, David talked about putting his hand over his mouth mm-hmm. while he's in the suffering. Yeah. So, so that's what you need to do right now, my guy. We don't have a time for you to do that other thing, though, because that thing needs to happen as well mm-hmm. in a safe place. But the pastor was just talking about how year in and year out, he has to play the man, bro. I got to play the man. And it is killing me. My sense, and I just read this amazing article in Christianity Today about the pulpit and it becoming more empty. They're, they're, there's this thing happening, a lot of folks know about it, called the, uh, the great uh, resignation. Mm-hmm. And people are leaving their jobs like crazy. Yes. Like, I will live off of less. I ain't working. I ain't doing this no more. <laughs> Y'all not getting 50, 60 hours from me and I am living as a slave. I'm straight. And there's some value in that. Because I understand the value of working hard and, and going to do stuff you don't want to do. That's like yeah. 90% of life. Mm-hmm. But fam, we were giving a, a industrial complex on the back of very... I'm a capitalist. Mm-hmm. Capitalism got some, some skeletons in the closet, bro. And it's dependent on people really working themselves to death. Yeah. So that's another conversation. Yeah. But anyways, the... Pastor is, I read this article, excuse me, from, from Christianity Today, and they were talking about the great resignation come to the church, that pastors, pulpits are getting emptier and emptier and emptier. In fact, Ray Ortland's son, uh, uh, they quoted him in the, um, in the magazine 
essentially said that the great resignation is over the next the great the great resignation over the next three years is coming to the church. Mm-hmm. It's coming to the church. Mm-hmm. Churches are going to be without pastors, leaders. Folks are going home. We already see it happening with the membership. Right. Folks are like, well, give me a second, bro. Let's just set the. I'm not setting the Bible aside as in, as it, as in terms that it's not the absolute authority. Yeah, right. It's the, uh, we do I believe the, the Bible is the authority. The Bible folks. is the absolute, the absolute authority, authority. The final authority. Final. You need to take your behind the church. Final. A good church. Yeah. All right. But I'm just saying what people are saying. Folks are finding that they're meeting with God in in ways that they're not meeting with Him at church. Mm. They find a lot of joy in bedside Baptist Baptist. <laughs> Bedside Baptist. Bedside Baptist, and they are that they are that they aren't finding in a actual uh, assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, not endorsing that, right? I'm just saying that's what folks are saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, fickle membership rips the soul out of a pastor, bro. Mm-hmm. I got a bunch of members that don't show up; they won't serve. Um, they prefer listening to Stephen Furtick. I'm not taking shots at Stephen Furtick. I'm st- I, I understand a lot of people in, in reform hate that man. And I'm 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 even trying to figure out, man, y'all, y'all want this dude. They talk about that dude sneeze wrong. I'm not a fan of him. There but, is! Yeah, I'm not a fan of him either, but yeah, the, the, the hatred of that hate man. Steve Furtick. They, they, I don't know. If they just see a picture of that man, man it's like, like it's like it's like that meme when they show Arthur balling up his fist. Yeah. When you see a picture of Stephen Furtick, it's just the fist start balling. It's just the bald fist. Yes, bro. <laughs> I, I I actually um, Torn Wells told me that he thought that Stephen Furtick was the the best preacher alive, and I was like, I've never. I I need to hear a sermon. I, I have not heard a full sermon. I mean, from he's him a yet. good. Well, to me, he's a good preacher as far as like his charisma. Yeah, yeah like, he's a great communicator. He's a great communicator. Like T D. Jakes, bro. Oh. Have you heard a sermon from him all the way through? I think I think I, maybe a long time. I don't know if I've heard a whole. T.D. Jakes may be the best preacher. But I've heard he him. may be the best. He's a very great bro. communicator, though. But it's almost unreal, bro. It's <laughs> that like man is really good. But he's been doing this for like forty years. Bro. He's been doing it since he was fifteen, yeah, bro. Like I mean, that man like, was pastoring his first church. He's had a lot of practice, and, right. he, and he got a cool voice too. Yeah, like, that's right, bro. Like, Dog, his cadence, and yeah. I'm like, yo. Anyway, <laughs> say that aside. Yo, uh, my man, my man. So, uh, anyways, how uh, do you want to go? Sorry. <laughs> get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. God is about to do something. It's poetic. It's lyrical. Oh, anyways, good, anyways, <laughs> the article in the magazine was just talking about like, man, like, you know, something is happening. And uh, now they said that there's not a lot of evidence to support that the great resignation is happening now. Yeah. I'd say that yeah. it won't happen, but it's not like a... It's not enough data to really support that, that this is a pandemic. But what the article did say as a pandemic and they had data for is that the, the, the fear is not necessarily empty pulpits, but empty preachers. Hmm. That the preachers in those pulpits are reporting a lack of passion, mm-hmm. uh, health, bro, like they're, they're reporting a level of burden that is also it might perhaps be unprecedented as well. Right. Pastoring has always been hard. Yes. It's always been hard. And that the pastor that we referenced at all. The pastor that we referenced in um the burnout um uh episode talked about that he is not that the issue, and this is what I think people will say to him, oh, you thought that pastoring was supposed to be 
sexy and celebrity like. No, nah, there's nothing said, about what he ain't says. Ain't nobody feeling. He, well, he he distinctly. He specifically fights against that idea. Absolutely, I know that pastoring's supposed to be hard. You can, you know, that's yes. what I signed up for. Absolutely, I know people are going to attack me. I know that I am going to be the most hated and loved person within the fellowship at all times. I know pastors aren't recovering from that, and it makes me think about what Hebrews says about it, it instructs the you know followers of the shepherd to be sources of joy to that dude right you know help him to to feel whole and healed don't press down on him and whatever apparatus that is it seems to be almost absent and that's one side members to their pastor but then pastors and what it seems like don't have a good apparatus for healing Mm -hmm. because they have to continue to play the role play the part be the man right you know, and I think that there is, there's just major consequences for that ahead, bro. Is that an aspect of leadership that you have to just accept? What I mean by that is you can see that same thing in all kind of different leadership areas in your life. So if you think about yourself as a husband, right? it's like what Dave Chappelle said. He said, as a father, you can't go to your kids and be like, I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills. We're going to die. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to eat. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right, right. like he, he was basically saying like, I, if I really feel that way, I cannot let my kids see that. That's right. Part of what it means to be right. a father and be a leader is that I bear the burden of those things so that they can feel secure. Right. And I think that you can feel the same way as a husband too. Like, sure. I, 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 if I feel like oh, I don't know how we're going to do this, that's right. I can't. I, it or wifey me, is freaking out, and you're like, "Hey, it's going to be." I'm freaking out too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm you're saying. having you're a seizure. Out. I'm, I'm having out. a seizure. I, you don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it. That like, like, you know ah. what I'm saying? Like, uh, it feels like part of leadership is. I, it remember, it reminds me of what you said. I hope you don't mind if I share this. Go ahead. But it reminds me of what you said when, when you were like years ago when you, when you and wifey finally bought your house. Yes. And you said that she was in that mug and she was all happy, like I can't believe we did this. And you were you, and your head was like, How in the world are we gonna, gonna pay, pay for this, this mug? Like, thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You was like thirty years. So it's like you're thinking that internally, but you're not gonna say that to her, right? No. You're not gonna be like, How are we gonna? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it makes you think about like in a certain. In a certain way, being a leader does mean that you have to play, you have to be the man. You have to play the role because that's yeah. what you're doing in those instances. Right, right, right. I, this is what you're thinking, but I can't let her see that. Right. This is what I'm thinking, but I can't let my kids see that. Yes. I, she's freaking out. I can't be like, I'm inside. I'm freaking out too. Right, 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 right. right. I have to play the role. Like I right. have to, I have to tuck that aside and put on the the suit right. and step out. I have to be the, in some sense, I have to like be a politician. Like I have to, 9-11 happens, I got to show up and give a, a, an address the nation in a way that makes it feel like everything is going to be okay. We're going to be strong. We're going to rebuild. Right, 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 right. I right. can't come to the nation and say, hey, I don't know what we're going to do about Al-Qaeda either. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so it makes me think, where's the balance? Yes. Where is, how do we know what the balance is between like you having to play the role because in in some sense if you play the role too long without the balance without being able to be transparent then it 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 bring you down well, I think, and I, I guess th- it's just maybe you have like other outlets for the transparency well, no, so, I, I, so so you know so, I don't know no no I think first of all what you said is absolutely right me thinking. Yeah, there is there's definitely not 
it is not okay for you to live in the deepest feelings <laughs> that you have and to be expressing them all over the place. Right, right. Uh, one of the things that I do with the boys is uh, I, I'm well aware of the whole toxic masculinity movement uh -huh, and uh -huh. trying to teach dudes that they need to cry. I've, I've, I've written about that. Like, yeah. Like, yo, like perhaps that because you thought Maybe that's one of the reasons that sometimes women have higher emotional IQ than men because they did cry. You know, you, maybe if you would have cried like a girl, maybe you wouldn't be so toxic all the time. Maybe they ignore their emotions. That's you right. Ignore your emotions. That's right. You wouldn't be punching people in the face that's all the time. That's why you don't know why you're sitting down in Fulton County Jail right. because somebody <laughs> stepped on your shoe and you shot them. And now you're confused. Like, where did that come from? Well, you probably should have... <laughs> it was probably some opportunities right, for, for you, you to, to let that go. raise your EI. Right, right. That yeah. you didn't. EI could be high. Um, so no, I, I get I get the value of having boys that are not ashamed of their tears. For sure. But that's half the story. Absolutely. I also am teaching my boys that there are times where it's not appropriate for you to cry. Yeah. This is not a I good like how you've done cry. that. Because you said that, yeah, you tell them this is not a good this reason to cry. This is not a good right reason now. to cry. Yes. And it's I like not. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, and I know that there, there are folks that are that are pushed back on me for doing that. But that's how we yeah, do it. People are gonna say if they feel house. like crying, they should always cry. And it's no, like, no, 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 uh, that's not. There's a time for weeping. There is. Absolutely. But that is not that is not to control you. Right. You have to, in many respects, I think about that this powerful scene um in the the Netflix original Awake. Um, oh man, I've I've seen it. It's a great movie. It's really bro. good. Uh, I love it. Essentially, something happens. It throws That's off the joint genetics in uh, people. Uh, uh, what should we call it? Rodriguez. Girl. Yes, the sister yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah. There's this scene where she is in this car shop with these these two dudes who are killers, mm -hmm. and she has to to keep her composure to save her children's life. Right. Her children are out, or she's trying to find a way to get her children to safety. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to ruin the movie for, movie for folks. But uh, she's in this car shop with these two killers trying to hide from them. And it's this amazingly tense yeah. scene yeah. where she is moving around, doing what needs to be done, also um, and, and, and keeping her cover so she's not exposed. Right. Because she can't choose one or the other. Yep, if she yep. just hides, she won't do what needs to be done. Right. If she just goes and does what needs to be done, she will, she will be confronted by these two dudes who will kill her. So she's in this tension, man. It's about a four or five minute scene mm -hmm. spoiler alert she survives the, the guys leave and in as soon as they walk out she lets loose <gasps> yeah <sighs> even we didn't realize that she was controlling her breathing mm -hmm. for that five minutes mm -hmm. so that she wouldn't be heard getting what she needs needs to survive the encounter right Boys need to know how to do that. Everyone Absolutely. needs to know, but need, need to know how to do that. But I'm teaching my boys that you will have a space for you to let loose. But that ain't all the time, bro. Right. And uh, what, I, what I find is that if you are completely led by your emotions, you will make poor decisions. Right. It will cloud your decisions and you will lose objectivity and will almost always put you in a place that is not optimal. Mm -hmm. A place that you wouldn't have been in if you had that discipline in you right. where you knew how to have a relationship with your emotions your, your tears are no different from anything else everything in our bodies has to come under the leadership of our character everything including our tears and then there's be a relationship there in which there is a a master slave relationship where we are not losing control anyways i love that so i do think that there's what you're saying is right right 
But I think that the, the, the middle ground is if we are finding ourselves having to constantly play the role, meaning that's not who you are. Right. What I'm saying is, Meansy, is that you actually are not a dude who has been developing their, themselves in such a way that when moments of adversity come, you make moral decisions, you make courageous decisions, you make loving decisions right, right. out of the core of who you what's are. been developed inside Absolutely of you. Absolutely right, right. But you're doing it because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. That's the difference, bro. Mm. The faking it till you make it was the, the was the philosophy that the boomers gave to the millennials, bro. Mm -hmm. In my in my opinion, mm -hmm. and the millennials have been trying to fake it till they make it, and they're not actually making it. In my, <laughs> and my, they're just faking it. They're just, just faking, faking it. it right. You're just faking it, and this is why. Because yeah, you're not gonna fall out, fall apart in front of your kids and say, "I don't know how we're gonna eat tomorrow." You're not gonna say that. Right. But what you'll find in, in, in many of these situations is that, but you're cursing your kids out. Mm -hmm. You're injuring them with your literal hands. Right. When they've done something wrong, you're overreacting. You're abusing your wife. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're holding together and not, not letting them know that they won't be able to eat tomorrow, which is a wise thing to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need to figure that out. Right. Tomorrow ain't here yet. You got time to go figure out how they're going to eat. Right. I get that. We can't turn everybody into our therapists. We mm -hmm. can't turn Facebook into our therapists. We can't turn the vulnerable among us that are counting, up, counting on us mm -hmm. uh, in, into our, our venting zone. Mm -hmm. I get that. Who you are acting as needs to be consistent with who you actually are. Mm -hmm. And that means though you feel fear, though you feel doubt, though you cry sometimes, I tell my boys that, Sometimes daddy has to have a good cry. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to interpret that as the world is ending. No, this is a part of the release that I need. Mm -hmm. This is a part of the, the kind of oiling the gears of my character so that things are running as they should, bro. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I even noticed too, bro, that individuals can come, to your come into your life. And I think, this, I think this happens in churches too, big dog. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes to the church been a part of the fellowship, something detrimental has happened to them, maybe by somebody else in their church, in whatever the means may be, sexually or... Mm -hmm. um, you saw the cultural moment in the last couple of years where all these churches are being exposed for covering for people. Part of that is that when she comes to you and says such and such on the leadership staff touched me, a lot of times these pastors are so emotionally shot, whatever that thing is that, that spews out compassion. The level for that is so empty, bro, that they don't react to it, fam. Mm -hmm. They don't feel the scandal in the moment. Right. We'll just talk about it and, and can you just not do that anymore, bro? And, and, but I do need you to preach on Sunday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What is happening in us that we don't feel blush Mm -hmm. That we don't feel shamefacedness. Right. That we don't feel scandal. That's a part of it. And, you know, ergo, maybe that's the whole thing of us demolishing how people feel as if that's carnal. Absolutely. That, that, people, that, that we are churning out disciples that are heartless. Right. And emotionless. And emotionless. 
And when they do have real emotions that are throwing up red flags in their life, yeah. they're just faking past it yeah. or ignoring it or, and you're, or theologizing I was about to say, it. you're teaching them to use theology to kill it. Yes. You're teaching them to use theology to kill their emotions. Yes. And that's not at all what we see in scripture. That's not, that's not what we saw in Jesus himself. Yeah. I think I the mean, Greek word is splankna. Mm-hmm. A splankna misomite um, is at the end of it. I, I know I'm butchering it. Sorry, all, all, anybody that reads Greek that listens to us. Right. This was the word attributed to Jesus over and over and over and over again in the New Testament. What does it have to do? What, what, is, what does it mean? That in the deepest recesses of Jesus's soul, he felt compassion for what he was looking at, mm-hmm. the people. Mm-hmm. That he was constantly overwhelmed with it to his bowels is what the word right, means. Right. The bowels of his humanity overflowing with feeling, bro. Is that broken in our leaders? Yeah. yeah. But if I don't have a healthy relationship with the inner workings of my soul, which, which is the soul does not, is not completely defined by feelings. There's more happening in there. There's will in there. There's, right. there's, there's uh, your, your capacity for freedom and choice. There's things in there. But I'm just saying it's an aspect. Mm-hmm. Is that so broken? And God forbid, but irrevocably broken. Right. Oof. That, that we are leading out of our woundedness but we're good at playing it off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think in a lot of respects bro that speaks to the cultural moment dog you aren't hurt like you're not hurting with those who are hurting Mm -hmm. because you can't Mm -hmm. you don't have the capacity for it that mug been broken for years right you are locked up on the inside with and that's the emptiness that that's part of the emptiness that a lot of these pastors are talking about that they're feeling right it's, and it's exasperated. It's it's accelerated by members right. that are injuring them on purpose and uncommitted to God's work and not giving to the to the needs of the kingdom. But it's still there, though, bro. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there is a need from for us to continue to be to, to to play the role. Yeah. But the role needs to be flowing out of the character that defines us. That we are dealing with the ways in which our hearts are not whole, bro. And that is going to show up in friends, bro. Mm-hmm. Having folks around you that are holding your wounds, that are, that are, that are holding your struggles, that are holding your doubts. Right. Um, that's that's going to show up in Christian therapy. That's also going to show up in taking breaks. Mm-hmm. It's going to show up in all kinds of ways in which you can be the version of yourself that God desires you to be, fam. Mm-hmm. Charles Spurgeon put the best accent on this in his mm-hmm. um, lectures to my students. Mm-hmm. There's no world where you can do ministry where you are not just overcome with grief. You're overcome with sorrow. You're overcome with depression. You're overcome with discouragement. But God, thank you. I believe he just gave me this quote right now. Charles Spurgeon said this, though. He said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. what he said. In reference to us being hurt by people and then wanting to close our heart against it, because that's what's happening too. Right, absolutely. People are hurting us. Yep. I know what it feels like. Very well, bro. Have people that you would die for spit in your face, bro. And my first thought is retreat. Mm-hmm. You, that's never happening to me again. Mm-hmm. I will never, ever, 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 ever allow that right there to happen to me again. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? 
I'm I'm taking my heart, putting it in a box, yep, locking and I'm locking away. it up yep. with the people I can influence. Right, right. I can influence my wife. Right. I can influence my my mother. I can influence my children. Those people, they'll have my heart. To come to find that I can't influence them all the time either. <laughs> okay, then nobody will have my heart. Right, right, right. All I know is my humanity has taught me that when you are hurt, run from that thing. Mm-hmm. That's why we wince. Yeah. I, I, I ball my face up at pain because it's ugly. It's violent. How do I get away from this? How do I make sure it doesn't happen again? That's where your heart wants to go. Spurgeon was addressing that human reaction. And he said that you are healthier. You are better off to continue to love, continue to to feel, that's what he called it. Mm-hmm. It is better that we fight to stay in a place where we can, t- can continue to feel than to become, and this is the quote, unfeeling. Mm-hmm. Better to protect that thing in you that feels right, than to go through this dark tunnel of cutting off everybody. Right. Using bitterness, unforgiveness as cement to lock in the stones of a wall of recalcitrance mm-hmm. against the world, against friends, against family, against people we need to reconcile with. Use it because on the other side, you won't go through that kind of pain anymore. I'll never go through the betrayal pain anymore, but there's another kind of pain on the other side. You shrivel up and die. Right. I read that in college and it's always stuck with me. Because that's the temptation, bro. The Spurgeon said, protect that thing in you that feels. Better to continue to be hurt, but you can feel, mm-hmm. than to become unfeeling, bro. Right. So I think that's the difference, though. That's the middle ground. Yeah. The middle ground is, can you continue to play the role out of commitment, courage, and calling? But can you, at the same time... <laughs> Make sure that you are pursuing personal health, emotional health, spiritual health. If not, there's going to be moments where your wife won't see it or your kids won't see it. There'll be moments where you can play the role in front of your congregation, but somebody else is getting it though, bro. Right. Somebody else is living out the consequences of your refusal to be a healthy person. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Amen. Just want to just shout out the CSB version of scripture. One of our favorite versions of the Bible. Readable, very, very accessible. Mm-hmm. A solid translation. Uh, that's the official translation of our, our church, actually. So they are a proud sponsor of our podcast, and mm-hmm. we are glad that it is that CSB way. CSB Activity. There's a website that you can go check out, CSB Activity. This, that's not the website, but <laughs> that sounded really, really dope. CSB Activity. <laughs> um, check out the website below um, mm-hmm. to learn more about how you can get one of these in your hand. So Samaritan Ministries is a community of Christians paying for one another's medical bills without the use of insurance. You'll be connected to Christians across the nation who care for one another spiritually and financially as a medical need arises. So you get to see the people that you are actually contributing to. You can pray for them. You can have them in your heart and your mind. It's a really encouraging ministry that my wife and I have used. In fact, we delivered our second baby using this ministry. It's affordable and you can join today. So check out SamaritanMinistries.org slash Southside Rabbi.
This has been Southside Rabbi. We love y'all.